Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jonathan Jones. What a terrific leader he is. Good friend to this show. Good friend to our community. Anyway, let's shift gears now and move over to my friend, excuse me, Laurie Jackson, who is a missionary in Western Ukraine, a great friend of the show, a good friend of mine, and someone that I have a lot of admiration for. How you doing, Laurie? Um, doing pretty good. Thanks. Glad it's to always be back. interesting to ask you that question, how are you doing? Because it's so weighted and and the answer is sort of under the circumstances we're holding our own, <laughs> essentially. <clears throat> but yeah. I, I read some quotes at the beginning of the show, and one of them was a quote from the singer-songwriter Joan Baez, and she said, action is the anecdote to despair. Action, and that's true in places like coastal Mississippi after something like Hurricane Katrina. You know, you and I have talked about resiliency and how when the going gets tough, you really find what people can really accomplish in, in their lives and in their community. But Action is what you guys did as an anecdote to despair. I mean, there's nothing you could do about the madman bombing your wonderful uh, country. But you guys decided to take action, didn't you? Absolutely. Um, And I think so many Ukrainians um, at the very beginning uh, were ready to be mobilized in all sorts of different ways um, because uh, they believed in uh, their country and they wanted their freedom. Laurie, one of the things I want to make sure people know is that the bombing of recent times, we know mm-hmm. that they have been aimed at key infrastructure all over the country. And what mm-hmm. that has required is rolling blackouts and all kinds of unique approaches. What I've been impressed, incidentally, is that and so if a <clears throat> power station is bombed, how quick Ukraine goes in there and rebuilds it. It's amazing how fast that oh. happens. Huh? Ukrainians are super innovative, and so when a problem arises, they're going to approach it from all sorts of uh, very creative uh, points of view, and um, and there's always someone who's able to help get things back up again, and I think that's part of their innovative spirit. Mm-hmm. It is incredible, because when we think about when you think about the kind of bombs that are coming into your country and one le- lands on a power station or a power plant or whatever it might be, you think you're just, it's lost. But Ukrainians don't look at it that way. Ukrainians <laughs> says, okay, what do we got to do to fix this? And you've got the infrastructure in place to go deal with it. But what that means for you is that you're actually on a generator as we speak. Talk, talk about how these rolling blackouts have affected you. Um, so until recently, like we've had other conversations in the past, this has never been an issue, but, um, recently, um, there were bombings that took out infrastructure, um, in different areas, not necessarily around where we are. Um, but the way the country's working now is we're all sharing energy. Um, and so to make sure places, uh, that have had their energy taken out, um, are able to receive energy, we're basically on a schedule. Um, and so each day. 
day uh, at about 10 o'clock in the evening, we can look up a schedule that will tell us what the uh, schedule will be on the next day. Some days these schedules are on schedule and some days they're not. But um, but the idea is that we're sharing energy with each other, which is very Ukrainian in nature. Like what I have, we're going to share. Um, it, and we've talked about that before. <laughs> that's so incredible. Um, and then as of this moment, you're actually on generator power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so let's, so where you are, we don't talk about where you are in Ukraine for lots of good reasons, but you're, you've sort of commandeered a hotel. You still are there. You've got all these families that, and various people who've been working to, within this organization you now call the ANTS organization. <laughs> Tell about your organization and sort of the impetus for it and what you're up to these days. Um, so UAANTS, yeah, we, um, have basically since the very beginning of the war been doing whatever we can to help in all sorts of different ways. Um, but one of the first ways was this hotel uh, where we were housing uh, people who were also fleeing the war and trying to find safety. Um, some of the, our residents um, returned to their cities as they were unoccupied um, and some um, have stayed here from the very beginning. Um, and currently we have a lot of new people who either came back in from Europe um, or have come from more recently um, deoccupied places. Um, and actually, I've been on the phone with people uh, even this week who are trying to get to Europe or somewhere safer um, as things are still very bad, um, especially in the East. Um, and so something else we've been doing is installing wood burning stoves for families whose homes um, have either been destroyed or who don't have heat this winter because of the electric uh, issues and things like that. Um, we also sent out medical first aid kits to families in the east. Um, one of our we talked about our guys who were drafted. Andre was uh, here with me once. Um, and then the next by the next time we met, uh, he was already on the front lines. But um so we sent these medical kits to him, and there are people in their village who have been cooking for them. Um, so they'll go to the store and buy food uh, and take it to their elderly neighbor, and she'll cook them food and bring it back. And um, and so they've been passing out in this area these medical kits that we sent them as well. Well, how's <clears throat> Andre? I remember him well. Uh, is he the guy that was doing the, the technology in technology business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's what what was interesting about his story is that he was an app developer. He was a very successful entrepreneur, and like so many people uh, in this moment, mm-hmm. they've 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 you know they either they're finding ways to serve the community in different ways, or in Andre's case, they actually went to the front line. How's he doing? Um, Andre was able to visit uh, over the holidays. Uh, he finally, for the first time since. He was drafted, had some time off, and he came here. Um, his wife and children are in Europe, and they came um, as well. And so they were able to, able to be together for about a week, um, yeah, so, which was really special. Um, and, yeah, and then he went back. So. so let's see. I'm trying to remember. Let me see if my memory serves me correct. Did they go to Croatia? Uh, they were in Croatia. They're currently yeah. not in Croatia, but that's where they were originally for maybe five or six months at the beginning of the war. Yeah, and I think the important point is that people tend to think of everyone sort of going into Poland, but the reality is they, you know, it depends on relationships. It depends on you know what was the most accessible place to go at the time. 
Absolutely. Uh, think about uh, if something happened in the States, where are you going to go? Um, yeah, you're probably right. going to go somewhere where you have some sort of connection or you can find some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned to you, my wife and I spent some time in Croatia. She, she's Her grandparents came to the U.S. from Croatia. And, uh, you know, the Croatia's people have had to deal with their own, you know, war. And when you when you go there in places like Dubrovnik, for example, and see what it was like, to be in Dubrovnik when those bombs were coming into that community and how they banded together. It was amazing. I mean, it's like literally a police department. A police department was kind of their army in a way. It was it's such an interesting story. But you, you know, you have these people that that have, you know, found their independence. That's why I think Croatia going to the going far into the World Cup the way they have, you know, brings the country together in that way. Um, but they understand what you're going through, don't they? Mm-hmm. We had several uh, refugee families that went to Croatia in the beginning, especially, and they were able to like find connection uh, there because of that. Mm-hmm. So you've seen you've seen the best in people, though, haven't you? I mean, as you as so many people come in with a servant's heart, and you do it. What's What's beautiful about where you are is that you're a significant Christian. You're there. You're surrounded by Christians. And you're just trying to find a way to serve. And this is your way in this moment to serve. And you're surrounded by other people who in this moment have found a way to serve. I know that it wears you out given how long this has going on, been going on. I know it's got to be just terrible from a day-to-day point of view to know that there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. But at the same time, it's incredibly inspiring, isn't it? Um, it's incredible to watch the people around you, um, just find ways to serve and do whatever they can where they are. One of our, um, moms, uh, who's here and, um, she, uh, all the time is either doing something with the kids or, um, just very active. And one day she came in and, um, and said, we're going to make these, and they call them in Ukrainian trench candles. Uh, so it's basically, um, a can like cans. Um, and so you take the can, uh, and in the can you take cardboard and you wrap the cardboard, um, and make like the wick out of cardboard. And then you pour, um, wax, uh, into it. Uh, and then the guys can use these on the front lines, um, in the trenches for heat, for cooking, um, for all sorts of things. And so she got the whole hotel into doing this and our, uh, elderly people are cutting cardboard and rolling it. And, uh, one of our elderly ladies, she walks around the neighborhood looking for cans and, uh, and always bringing big bags of cans. And she says, look, I brought cans. And it's just, I don't know. It's incredible. Just how it is. Yeah, did I remember that you posted a picture of that on the UA site? And I just saw all these cans, these candles, these homemade candles, so many of them. How, how many have you done? I don't know, a lot. Um, I remember when we first started doing them, someone said, How many can you get me? Uh, and I said, I don't know. And he said, 50, 200. Um, and that week we did 200. So I don't know how yeah. many we've done all together. Thousands, thousands, I'm sure. Hey, we're visiting with my dear friend, Laurie Jackson from Ukraine. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about it. I'm curious about impact on families and children and how they're working so hard to try to keep their you know, the children in, in some kind of educational process, all these challenges. We'll see you after this break. You can also 
also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to my friend, Laura Jackson, who's a missionary in Western Ukraine, who's been on the show many times. I met her through my dear cousin's daughter and uh, Michelle Tice, and I've uh, really enjoyed staying in touch with um, with with my friends so that we can, so through Laurie's experience, understand better what's really going on on the ground in Ukraine. You know, I mentioned that, you know, you, you, you have a very significant Christian effort that is underway there. And my son, Justin, uh, just finished the Bible. He read the Bible in, in a year, you know, went through that process. And my wife, Ann, and I and other family members are doing it as well. And you know it's it's been it's a it's a great yeah you know, I've gone through this process before but it's great to do it in a more organized way with the help of YouTube and people to sort of help describe what you're reading and whatever. And I just re- recently read in Genesis about and of course let me go to just the interpretation is simply this is just so so much evil in the world so much bad happens you know it's too often happen to good people. You, you, you faith you find the answer in faith. There's never really a direct answer to the question, but you but you find the answer ultimately in just your belief in God. With you surrounded by so much evil as it relates to bombs coming in, how do you explain that? How, how do you answer that question? Um, we live in a fallen world, uh, and um, I don't know. I think we see and feel uh, the evil in deeper and different ways than we had before the war started. But I don't think that that is different. Um, there have been wars throughout history. There's been, um, read the Bible. <laughs> like, yes. um, I definitely uh, read David's Psalms and can relate in ways I could never relate um, before living through this. Um, and so, I don't know, I think that in, in darkness, light shines even brighter. And we've also had the honor of seeing light in new ways and knowing the Lord um, in ways that we didn't, um, and knowing each other in ways that we didn't before all of this started. Yeah, what, the, way I would, the way I would describe my experiences through you watching your efforts in, in uh, Ukraine and then having you on my show is that if you open your eyes to it, there's divine intervention all around you. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. and, and and it has to do with the resiliency of the people that you come in contact with every single day. And um, and there's a it's interesting that in this moment for you guys, there's there's a sense of hope when you see that resiliency in the people around you, and that that is has a way of kind of giving you energy, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. That's for sure what keeps us um, able to keep pressing on is that we have hope in each other and that we see that um, in each other. Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm a Catholic, and I think uh, I think I saw this right. Right, that the Archbishop of Ukraine is coming to America, and he's going to he's mm-hmm. going to visit in New York is one of the visits he's going to do, and the other visit he's going to do is in Biloxi at my church, St. Michael's. Yes. Wow. Right. Awesome. Right. So I'm really looking forward to uh, hopefully I'm going to try to have him on my show, but we'll see if that how that works out. But 
um, apparently our bishop here in Biloxi has a relationship with him. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the bishop here in Biloxi is a really good friend of mine, incidentally, very, very close to my family. We fish together. He comes and fishes with me on a regular basis, but he's just a terrific leader and for our parish. And, um, I'm really, um, really privileged to be his friend, but it'll be interesting to see the message that the archbishop of Ukraine mm-hmm. delivers here in America. Great to see that happening. Um, so, so, Laurie, as you think about 2023, it's really just more of the same. I know that you're still focused on on raising as much money as you possibly can. You guys have formed a, a, a of an official organization now. Tell people how they can reach you if they are, have any interest in, in, in contributing to your efforts. Um, first of all, if we're talking about 2023, for us, I don't know. Like, um, we talk all the time about how our year sort of started. Um on February 24th, 2022, and it won't end uh, until victory comes. And we just feel like like life is going to look exactly what life looks like. Um, and there's not that new starting over like feeling that you would have. Um, but so we'll keep doing what we're doing and finding ways to help and um, and waiting for victory to come. Um, but so you can find me um, on Facebook, Lori Jackson, um, or our organization. Um, you can donate through PayPal um, and to Lorichka, L-O-R-I-T-C-H-K-A at gmail.com. Um, and, and when someone uh, someone someone gives to your organization, you guys take that money immediately and use it to help uh, soldiers on the front line, to help families, to help children. It comes in so many different forms, but you're literally on the ground there, making every dollar make make sense. Yeah, part of. Um What's special about us is that we don't have a lot of overhead fees or things that we're trying to do. Like everything goes straight into um, what we're doing to help bring us closer to victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring us closer to victory. Um, I love the way that is said. It's uh, it's unfortunate that you're in the position that you're in, but as I said before, it, there's a there's something incredibly inspiring about what you're doing. In some respects, coastal Mississippians feel it, and Mississippians feel it. We're resilient in so many different ways. We've never experienced exactly what you're going through, but we know what it's like to have to find action and despair. And certainly that's where you are today. And you do it with mm-hmm. uh, within, a, within a religious framework that helps you sort of bring hope to every single day in spite of the fact that you have to be surrounded by so much evil. But God bless you, my friend, until we meet again. Thank you for having us. You bet, Laurie. This has been Laurie Jackson, my missionary friend from Western Ukraine. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.